Every industrial distributor knows that e-commerce should be an important part of their business, but very few can actually get the boat out of the harbor. And even fewer can say that e-commerce sales account for a significant portion of their total revenue. On today's episode of The Takeover, I'll discuss three reasons why industrial distributors struggle to launch a successful online channel and what we can do about it. If you take the risk of running an industrial supply business, shouldn't you get the benefits too? Welcome to The Takeover, presented by Spinstack Growth Agency. We'll show you how to grow your business, drive positive change, and build a legacy that stands the test of time. Bringing his 15 years of experience as an industrial executive and consultant, here's your host, Matt Johnson. Hey guys, welcome back to The Takeover. Um, grateful that you could join us uh, again, and I do apologize. It's been a little while since we've been uh, recording, and I'm excited to get back into a regular cadence here. Uh, looking forward to providing a lot of uh, helpful insight and uh, maybe some tips and, and uh, strategies for industrial distributors uh, this year. So let's talk about this issue of failure to launch. Um, I saw an I saw an article uh, not that long ago about and I think it was entitled uh, "Failure to Launch." As a matter of fact, and it was it was about uh, this epidemic that uh, is in uh, our society today. It's epidemic of young men uh, failing to launch into adulthood. So um, you know, it's it's more than just uh, Matthew McConaughey uh, romantic comedy. Uh, if you've seen that movie, um, some people call it the Peter Pan syndrome. And it's this idea that, uh, you know, young men are struggling to become productive, hardworking members of our society. And uh, the disengagement uh, and failure, you know, whether that's from uh, video games or social media, and there's lots of things that we like to, to blame it on, lack of father figures, etc. But whatever it is, we know this for sure. Uh, it is having a profound effect on the, the economy today and the future of our economy and so a lot of uh, socioeconomic people out there, you know, just, you know, uh, wonder about the future of, of our economy here in the U.S. and, and, uh, and even the future of the, the family. Um, you know, so that's it's kind of scary stuff when you think about it. This is, this is really important, and it kind of goes unchecked, and we're not really doing much as a society right now to fix this issue. So, you know, well, Matt, what do you, what does that have anything to do with industrial distribution? Uh, well, so the idea is that I see a lot of, um, there's a similar thing going on in industrial distribution where we're pushing, we're kind of pushing aside the issue of e-commerce and what technology means uh, in our traditional distribution uh, business. So it's kind of disturbing that so many uh, distributors uh, have procrastinated uh, this long on this issue of e-commerce. And, uh, and I'm concerned, you know, that, uh, you know, that even those who have invested in an e-commerce website, for example, um, have woefully underperforming um, channels. And really, um, it, it's, it's, it's shocking compared to other B2B distribution businesses and industries uh, out there. So the question, I guess, is why? Like, why the failure to launch? Why the lack of performance? Uh, and so that's what I want to cover today. 
and let's go over these weaknesses that we have. Let's go over and, and really look at uh, what's plaguing us, and let's see if we have some uh, some good uh, you know strategies to get around these things. Okay, so the first one is I call it uh, technology analysis paralysis. Um, so we're frozen by the amount of options that are out there in terms of uh, technology. Now, the good thing is that a lot of companies have developed uh, really smart, um, you know, uh, helpful um, tools that we could use in our distribution business to help us do a better job, um, you know, managing our supply chain, uh, you know, fulfilling orders, uh, managing profitability, um, segmenting pricing, doing our marketing, doing our website. Uh, there's lots of great technology out there. The problem is uh, in the e-commerce world in particular, I think we're, we're sometimes overwhelmed by the amount of options that are available to us. And it can be very confusing um, to figure out what it is that we want to uh, choose to spend our time looking into. Because, you know, as you know, every time uh, you look at a software, you, you know, you're going to have to talk to a salesperson. You're going to have to, you know, do some sort of demo, online demo, look at it, um, spend time uh, investigating it, look at the reviews, talk to people who use it. There's a lot of things that go into, um, you know, the sales process. So you're not gonna you're not just gonna um, haphazardly go into that sales process. You want to really narrow the focus uh, as as much as you can. So I like to think of it sort of like a recipe. Um, you know, if you if you go to the grocery store, for example, and you just kind of wander around and you think, well, you know, this ingredient might go go good with this ingredient, and maybe I can throw these things together, and um, ooh, that might be tasty, right? Oh, it might or it might not. It, it might. Um, be miserable um, to do it that way. And really, the the thing you should do is to get a good recipe from a credible chef who has proven um, the recipe many, many times over. So um, the idea here is that you're um, you're gonna look for somebody who has the the entire recipe figured out. And by the way, you know, a um, you know, grandma's biscuit recipe is just as valid as uh, Chef Gordon Ramsay, right? So, um, you know, you need to consider what your peers are saying. You know, maybe they've created something that works really well uh, and they've done well with that. And uh, maybe that's something that you can do. Uh, other hand, uh, maybe there is, uh, you know, somebody in the industry who um, happens to do e-commerce websites for industrial distributors wink, wink. <laughs> um, and maybe they could help you along the way. So uh, I think that's the idea is that you have to remember that uh, not all the solutions out there are created equal. Um, other solutions, you know, some solutions uh, seem like they're a great deal because they're very inexpensive. Um, I'm thinking of things like Shopify uh, and that sort of thing. Like they're super, super cheap to get started. Uh, WooCommerce, another one. Uh, but later you'll discover that uh, nothing's included with it. So yeah, it's uh, $20 a month, uh, but uh, you've got to add all the content. You've got to do the design, the development all yourself. Um, hosting and maintenance, all of the bells and whistles that come with it are all little $9 here, $20 there. Uh, it adds up really quickly. Um, so it may not be the, the best experience. It could become that money pit, uh, money pit 
that I've uh, I've seen from um, talking with other distributors. Um, other solutions have like everything out of the box, um, but then you realize that uh, they cannot be customized, or you know maybe they lock you into a particular wholesale supplier. Uh, you know, I'm not going to name names, but there are wholesale suppliers out there that literally own different portions of the uh, entire supply chain. Uh, they're at the manufacturer level, they're at the wholesale distribution level, oh, and they're on the ground as uh, the direct distributor. Um, so scary uh, to maybe lock yourself into something like that. Um, the other thing is that, um, you know, today's world is all about value proposition and specialization and making sure that you communicate how you are unique from, you know, the big box solutions, the, the Grangers of the world, Fastenals, um, you know, they, they do a little bit of everything and you have to dif differentiate yourself, uh, in such a way. And so maybe having something that everybody else has is not, not the best solution. Okay. So, that's the thing. The, the key here, guys, is to narrow your e-commerce options so that you can make it a manageable decision. Okay, that's that's what I'm gonna that's what I'm gonna boil that first point down to. It has to be. You have to take those fifty different options, boil them down to maybe two or three, and um, and it's gonna be a lot simpler process for you. And trust the peers that you respect. This is when being a part of a, a buying group is a, is a great advantage because you can get together with uh, people that you know are doing something that's uh, similar to you. Maybe, they've, maybe they're a year ahead of you. Maybe they're five years ahead of you in terms of e-commerce and uh, may, they would be a great people. They would be great people to talk to. Find out what they're doing. And finally, find a trustworthy advisor who understands your business so that they can help you navigate this decision. And I promise you'll be well on your way to launch. This is one of the hardest things is figuring the technology. All right, so that is point number one. Number two is uh, we have to understand the difference between a project and a process, okay? An e-commerce website is a process. It is not a one-and-done project, and this is where we get tripped up so much in the industrial distribution world. Um, so... That's this idea of perfectionism, okay? So traditional distributors see an e-commerce website project um, sort of like a catalog, right? Uh, if you've ever created a catalog or maybe you've done a, a flyer or um, an advertising campaign, there's, there's a definite start and a definite end date. Uh, and the problem, of course, is that a successful e-commerce website is never finished. Uh, even after you launch your website, the work is far from over. In fact, it could be argued that even the hardest part of building a profitable e-commerce channel comes after a successful launch. Uh, you'll want to train your team. You'll want to roll out the new website with your existing customers. You'll want to manage pricing on a regular basis, by the way, with all those tariffs and pricing changes coming from your um, vendors. I mean, this is something that's a full-time job. Uh, you'll need to manage the catalog. Uh, you'll need to run ongoing marketing campaigns uh, to nurture existing customers and attract new ones. Um, this is a never-ending process, not a project. Did I, did I say that three times? Okay, good. We're not even done yet. So I, I, let me just give you an example. I've had customers launch their site and get on the, to the important work of building their channel in as little as, let's say, a couple months. Um, on the other hand, distributors who are shackled by this 
um, this perfectionism, you know, feel the need to have 100% of the products they ever have ever sold online before they ever go live with their website. Um, so this might mean collecting and pub, uh, building manufacturer content for thousands and thousands of SKUs, uh, which would mean hundreds and hundreds of hours. Thousands and thousands of SKUs equals hundreds and hundreds of hours equals many more thousands and thousands of dollars. So uh, my suggestion has always been to launch the website as quickly as possible with the absolute best sellers only, okay? This way we can get to the growth strategies of onboarding your customers and develop a rhythm for adding products, pricing, and marketing campaigns. Okay, I talk about in, uh, in our Industrial Marketing 101 masterclass, I talk about uh, using the 80-20 rule and how to attack the elephant, which is product content. We can't eat it all at once. Uh, we, we do it bit by bit. And as long as we're consistent, we will win the race. It's sort of the tortoise and the hare thing. Um, but uh, if you have not checked out our e-commerce masterclass, it is free and open for everybody. So uh, I invite you to go there. It's industrialmarketing101.com. Uh, and you just have to type in your name and email and uh, you'll get immediate access. It's a 10-part video series that will walk you through um, our system, Matic format, for, uh, for building, launching, and growing an e-commerce website. So go check that out. All right, so just remember that launching an e-commerce website is, is not at all like building a paper catalog. You know, when you, when you do a print catalog, which we still do a lot of, by the way, at SpinStack, um, everything has to be perfect before you go to print. After all, there's a definitive end date when the project goes to a printer. Uh, and once it hits the print, the press, um, there's no turning back. Uh, you will be in the pocket quite a bit if you go back and need to uh, reprint those babies before they're bound. So paper and ink is expensive uh, today. So remember, uh, you know, that it's a big difference between doing that and an e-commerce site. <clears throat> you know, I like to say the e-commerce site is like tending a garden. Um, which is part of the reason why, if you look at the Spinstack logo, it's it's a flower. It's a um, it's a flower. We and even our, our we we do our products. Uh, we call them the bloom package and the growth package. Well, the idea was that you know uh, marketing is is much more like running a garden and and uh, and yielding fruit than it is um, you know building a building, for example. So we're not a construction company. We're a, we're kind of like gardeners. Uh, we're professional gardeners. Uh, e-commerce website is just like that. You know, it's it's a lot of work to plant a garden. Um, if you do not water uh, the garden and, and you you do not pull weeds, uh, you'll not be able to show much fruit for your labor. So you wouldn't be a foolish gardener and go out and do all the work of plowing the the, the field, uh, clearing it out, leveling it, doing the the rows, planting the seeds, watering it, and then walking away and not tending to it. That would that would not yield a very good harvest. If you want to yield a harvest uh, in return on the investment of your e-commerce uh, website, you're going to want to go out there and be active in it and, uh, and tend to it. And, uh, and that is how you'll be successful. So that's point number two. Um, the third and final point is simply a lack of leadership. Um, this is kind of scary. I mean, I actually thought about omitting this last point because it does sting so much. Uh, but uh, I have to tell the truth. Um, by far the biggest reason why industrial distributors fail to launch and grow a successful channel 
is the lack of leadership and commitment at the very top. And I'm looking at you. Um, just as I would look in myself in the mirror, if my business is failing, if I'm struggling um, and I cannot complete projects, I cannot uh, get initiatives off the ground which are strategic, which I know are going to equate to uh, future growth, I have to look at myself because the buck stops here. Um, I, don't, I can't go around blaming um, you know, people that are underneath me you know, that I said, you know, hey, go build a website. Um, and then it's not successful uh, because I, I walked away and I, 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 I left it in their hands instead of really owning it from the very, from the very top. So uh, let's say my team works with an owner of a typical small to medium-sized industrial distributor to build a personalized product catalog and a great-looking marketing site. Okay, it's, it's not hypothetical. We do this uh, literally every couple months. Uh, we, we're launching new websites for industrial distributors, uh, primarily small to, to medium-sized ones. So uh, let's say we launch the website, the catalog. Everything's looking great. Everyone's happy. We're high-fiving because... For the first time ever, we have an amazing-looking website, and it's this great ordering tool for our customers, and we're pumped about what it's going to do for our business, and we're pumped about showing it to our website or to our customers. Um, let me give you three real-life parables, if you will, that can, uh, that can happen, and which have actually happened. Uh, so these are actually real-life stories, and of course, I've change the names. Uh, these, these are not the names of my customers. Uh, um, and, and if you're listening to this and, you, and if you feel like this is you, um, you know, don't be offended. Uh, let's talk about it. Let's figure out how we can make it better. Okay, so let's, uh, let's go over these. Distributor owner number one. Uh, here's the failure of leadership in this example. This is the failure to delegate. Uh, so we'll call her Karen. And uh, Karen is committed to making the e-commerce channel a success, but because she's not willing to hire or outsource a team to manage the website and digital marketing, she struggles to add this massive undertaking to her already full plate, uh, which consists of virtually everything, uh, overseeing accounting, purchasing, sales, marketing. Uh, it all falls under her, and this is one of her many initiatives. Uh, so despite her good intentions and her beautiful website, which we created, um, six months, 12 months go by before anything has happened. Uh, it's just sitting there. It's kind of like a really nice uh, line card. Uh, she fails to roll it out to her customers because she's always putting out fires. And frankly, she's afraid that getting her customers online are just going to create another fire uh, in her business. So she fails to run a consistent marketing campaign because she's just too busy dealing with her existing customers. This website is never going to produce the results she wants. And instead, like I said, it becomes a very expensive uh, interactive line card. Uh, it literally is a list of products and manufacturers that she uh, is selling to her customers. But it's not being used as it should. This is sad. Uh, she needs some help uh, in a big way. Um, so what, what should she have done? We're going to get to that in the, in the third uh, example. Um, but yeah, this is very common. Uh, and frankly, I am very sympathetic for Karen uh, in this example. I, I run a small business myself. Um, I do a lot of things myself. I'm, I do the marketing myself. Um, this, is, this is our marketing. Uh, this podcast and video, um, and I understand. 
I, I really do. Um, but if it's something that is core, it's key, uh, you have to be willing to invest uh, the money to hire somebody or invest the money to pay somebody to own something that you know you know, in your heart of hearts is going to mean the difference possibly between your success or your failure in the next, let's just say, five to ten years. Um, so she's failing to do it. Um, she's kind of spent a lot of money, and she hasn't got the return on the investment. Um, if that is you, um, let's talk. Let's brainstorm ways we can fix that right away. Now, distributor number two. This is the failure of a lack of accountability. All right, so Jack, we'll call him Jack. Uh, he is also committed. Again, remember these are both; these are all owners. Uh, Jack's committed to making the e-commerce channel a success. From day one, he's been excited. He knows that this is all him, and he is pumped about uh, going all in on the website. So much so that he is willing to go the extra mile um, and hire someone to help him run the website. Now, unlike Karen, uh, he knows that this is way over his head. Uh, he doesn't understand marketing. He doesn't understand development, design, product content, uh, e-commerce. It's, it's way uh, beyond him, and he's kind of intimidated by it, if he's honest. Um, so what he does is he, uh, he actually hires somebody. So congrats for that, Jack. You did a great job. You hired marketing manager Mindy, uh, as I'll call her. Now, marketing manager Mindy is a youngish um, uh, marketing professional. She knows a little bit about everything when it comes to marketing. She really likes doing social media uh, more than anything because it uh, allows her to waste more time on the job. So uh, that's why uh, you're struggling to get her to produce the results on the e-commerce website, unfortunately. Now, because Jack doesn't have the long view in mind, he never makes the website really a core strategic initiative. Uh, he, he follows the money, which I, I don't blame him either. I mean, he follows the money where it is today, and the website isn't making any, okay? So he considers it sort of like a necessary evil. Um, you know, And this is something that he pays for so that he can pe appear more competitive when it comes to bidding his customers. Uh, he needs to hold Mindy accountable to the success of this channel by setting smart goals for traffic, leads, orders, and revenue. Until he does, the website will continue to underperform. Um, you know, when it, when it comes to um, an e-commerce channel, and I've said this before and many other things, and I talk about it in Industrial Marketing 101, um, but it has to be like you're opening up another branch of your distribution business. Imagine if you open up a building with inventory and uh, and you put a couple people in it to run the counter and to uh, to run the warehouse. Imagine if you did all of that and you didn't have a manager. You, you you didn't have you spent all of that money and nothing and nobody is actually watching the branch. Nobody is making sure that the customer gets a great experience. Nobody is making sure that uh, your your purchasing is on point. Your, your margin and your pricing is on point. Nobody is making sure that the customer is actually getting what they need in the warehouse and, and there's no processes. And all of this is just, it's like opening a lemonade stand. Um, it's, it's really unprofessional. And frankly, this is what we do with websites. And um, yeah, you've got to find somebody and hold them accountable. 
Uh, it's got to be part of your, um, your, your conversations all the time. All right. So I know it stings, guys. It stings. Um, distributor owner number three. Okay. Now this is our third and final example. And we'll finish, we'll finish with this. This is the example of extreme ownership. I love this. So Jocko Willink, uh, he's a Navy SEAL. And he wrote this really cool book. I don't know if you've heard it. It's called Extreme Ownership, How the U.S. Navy SEALs Lead and Win. Um, and he's got a great podcast where he goes on for like two hours. I can't ever listen to the whole episode. Uh, but uh, he's intense. He's an intense guy, as you would imagine. Uh, he makes me feel like a, a little weakling at times when I listen to him. But uh, he is got a point about leadership. We, you know, in the U.S. Uh, Navy, uh, especially in the SEAL division, like they do not play games when it comes to leadership. This is absolutely serious. Uh, so here's what he writes in his book, uh, Extreme Ownership. On any team in any organization, all responsibility for success and failure rests with the leader. The leader must own everything in his or her world. There is no one else to blame. The leader must acknowledge mistakes and admit failures, take ownership of them, and develop a plan to win. You know, the, the thing that stands out to me most about that particular passage um, is the very last part. Develop a plan to win. That's exactly what Greg did, and he is our third and final example. Uh, Greg hired the right marketing leader to delegate the website. Notice I said marketing leader, not marketing manager, not marketing manager Mindy. He hired a marketing leader, somebody who had leadership qualities. And uh, and it doesn't matter if this person is 30. You know, in digital marketing today, it doesn't matter if you have 30 years experience in MBA and marketing. Um, uh, it, 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 what matters is do you have what it takes inside to run a mission like this, of this caliber? Uh, and he empowered her. Uh, and this is what he called her. He called her his digital branch manager. And he empowered her with all the resources she needed to hit their well-defined SMART goals. He checks in with her on a weekly basis to review website analytics and marketing reports. On a quarterly basis, they meet with an industry expert who helps them review their online dashboard and define targets and goals for the next quarter. Do you know who that industry expert is? That's me. Um, we get together on a quarterly basis and we talk about what's happening online. We talk about the big picture and we create moving targets as we're heading towards ultimately the big goal, which is 30% of their total revenue. So Greg talks about the website. Uh, he talks about the website with his team constantly. He talks about it with his leadership team, um, which is literally just his wife and, uh, like three other people. Uh, and he talks about it with his suppliers. This is something that is at the forefront of his business. It's not on the back burner. This is something that is important. He's always making sure that he's got the supplier's latest products on his website. He's always making sure that uh, his marketing leader is updating product content and updating pricing. You know, he's out there. He's studying the trends. He's reading articles. He's listening to podcasts like this one. Um, and he does not, at the end of the day, he does not tolerate a lack of results. Um, and that is what sets him and their business apart. And by the way, seven figures of revenue online, this distributor is killing it. 
and I have those other two distributors uh, are yet to break into five figures um, online. Uh, they simply don't have the leadership. Um, either they don't. It's not that they're bad people, by the way. It's that they have not put the leadership structure in place. They don't have the team um, created to own the website, and they have not put the the financial resources behind the website. You know, I talked to, um, you know, just kind of finish up with a quick story. I talked to uh, several distributors lately who were, you know, they were showing me, hey, Matt, I, I saw this website. I like this one. I like that one. Um, you know, what do you think about this website? And they showed me some of these websites. What they were showing me were online retailers. Um, so in the industrial distribution world and, and um, you know, whether it comes to power tools or uh, safety equipment, it's common to find these online retailers. They're not a traditional distributor. They're not a B2B distributor. They're a B2C sort of distributor. B2C, B-ish is kind of what I would call them. Um, they are, there's no outside sales reps, okay? They don't go face-to-face -face with any of their customers. Every interaction happens online through email. Uh, they have a large inside sales team or a customer support team. Um, and, you know, aside from that, you know, the rest of the distribution business works pretty much the same. Big warehouse, uh, they, they certainly hold a lot more uh, inventory in stock because they have to get things out next day. Uh, it's, it's a different animal. And they asked me, you know, like, what does it cost to do something like that? And I said to them, you don't want to know. Um, you really don't want to know. And he pressed me and he said, no, I'm serious. I really do. I really am curious, um, and I happen to know this uh, one online retailer, and I had spent time with him, um, you know, and, and we had we had worked uh, together in the past, and uh, and he didn't give me exact figures, um, but uh, from what I could gather, they spent over two hundred thousand dollars a year on their website alone. That was to design it, host it, maintain it, with all of the bells and whistles. That's kind of everything. That's everything packed in all their technology. Uh, that's that's everything, uh, and then on top of that two hundred thousand dollars, they spent another hundred thousand dollars on advertising, uh, between advertising, PPC, uh, social media advertising, and uh, SEO. So they're writing articles, videos, putting on their website, uh, email marketing. They're doing everything. Uh, they have to. That's their business. There is no sales if they do not generate traffic from the website. Uh, traffic in the website that converts into orders. So um, you have to decide what it is that you are, how you're going to run your business. Now, am I suggesting that for most distributors? No, um, not even close. I don't think you even, you don't even remotely need to go that far, but it does give you perspective, doesn't it, about what it takes to build a successful online channel. So moral of the story is to be like Greg. Thanks for joining us today. If you like today's content, do us a favor and like or share the episode with your peers. And don't forget to subscribe to the show. Have something to say? Hit us up with your questions or comments at matt at thetakeoverpodcast.com. Then head to thetakeoverpodcast.com for today's show notes and action items. See you next week.